This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA Media. I wish, in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we go from Davos uh, <clears throat> to the uh, hard reality and tough reality of sharp elbows, hurt feelings, and uh, really <clears throat> the intensity of, of politics. We're going to get back. We're going to have some more on Davos, more on the March for Life, more on um, – we're going to go live to the Daring Gap with our investigative team down there about the invasion of the southern border and really where it starts from, Venezuela and Colombia, all of that. Uh, plus more. Also in West Virginia, we're going to talk about Joe Manchin and his performance in Davos. Uh, but I want to start. RNC uh, Chair Ron McDaniel joins us. Ron, you were at the March for Life uh, prayer service this morning. What did, you, what did you tell the March for Life folks? I said it's a great day to celebrate. I mean, for 50 years, we've been hoping for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. It happened. I said elections have consequences. And when Donald Trump was elected, he put Supreme Court justices uh, on the Supreme Court that brought this historic day. And it's a, a very wonderful day to celebrate our party being a pro-life party. And I think uh, now we've got to take it out into the states and continue that that argument with the American people. So what you, you hear a lot, and particularly more the business interest and the financial interest in the Republican Party, there's a lot of finger pointing about Oh, the reason we didn't have the red wave, the reason that we didn't get the, uh, the 50, 60, 70, 80 seats, uh, all this is to blame. The reason that we got blown out in Pennsylvania, others, is, is the pro-life movement. What, what's, your, what's your assessment of that? Uh, and, and is that a real thing inside the Republican Party now to try well, to do think- um, you know, go get weaker on, on life, particularly at the state level no. now? Oh, no, I don't think you get weaker. I think you've got to be able to talk about it, though. And I think a lot of consultants this cycle said to candidates, don't talk about it, talk about the economy. But if you're spending, if you're having 30 million spent against you on a lie, like the Democrats were doing in state after state, saying we won't give life-saving care to women having a miscarriage or an ectopic pregnancy, the lie becomes the truth. And so our candidates have to go out and say, yeah, I am pro-life. I'm proud to be pro-life. But let, let me talk about the Democrats here who are for gender-selected abortions on a baby's due date on the taxpayer's dime. And if we don't push back, then we, we won't win. And the Democrats are coming at us. They're creating a lot of um, lies in this, in this space. And I think a lot of our candidates didn't know how to talk about it this, this last cycle. And we need to arm them as they head into 2024 to be able to talk about being proudly so, so- pro-life. I've noticed even in conservative media, in particular over Fox, I just see that there is this blame put on the the pro-life movement for November. What, what's the RNC? You're running again. Obviously, it's very contentious. You know, we got we've had Lindell on a lot. He's going to join us today. We've got we've had Harmeet on a lot. Uh, we've had you on. But what what is when you say the candidates got to get better? Walk me through the plan at the RNC because I think the right to, the pro-life movement needs to, needs to hear this because. They're being, I think they're being scapegoated right now. 
They didn't well, cause this. This was not the problem. There was this was not the problem, but they're being scapegoated, ma'am. Listen, Steve, the RNC, we put out a memo in the summer. You know, this is something I'm very passionate about as a mother of two kids. I think it's important that women, we talk about this in a compassionate way, that we get out, that we talk about being pro-life. I'm proud to be the party that stands for life and our conservative principles. But if you go silent and you you let the Democrats fill the airspace, you're going to lose. And, uh, you know, one of the things I learned out of 2018 when we took the repeal and replace vote on Obamacare Democrats took that to the midterms and said, we repealed uh, coverage for pre-existing health conditions. And it really hurt Republicans. And so even though abortion was pulling low and Dobbs was pulling low this cycle, and a lot of consultants were saying, don't talk about it, we do need to talk about it. Because if Democrats are spending 30, 40 million against you, you can't just let that space be empty. So get out, put them on the defensive. You know, if they say, hey, what would you do if something happened to your daughter and she was assaulted? You say, you know what, I wouldn't have a daughter because Democrats believe in gender-selected abortion, which is out of control and out of step with most of the world. So we've got to fight back on this issue. Um, one of the things I'm doing is I have a Future of the Party candidate advisory committee. Blake Masters is on that. Other candidates we've already met. And we're actually coming up with language that each of our candidates has to be ready to talk on this issue and push back on the Democrats. The um, you, you bring up the consultants is is and one of the, I think the hits on you right is that the RNC has gotten too driven by consultants. I mean, right there, even in the political process, you do certain things at the RNC, but you're saying, hey, these consultants come in on the candidate side, and they're going to kind of do what they do. They they're going to take their own polling, and and this is one of the reasons that, as you said, the candidates were not prepared. They didn't make it a top priority. Uh, they didn't talk about the wins and how we had to go forward and how, quite frankly, two-thirds of 75% of the American people actually, when it's explained to them, agree with you. Do you think that also seeps into the RNC itself, that there's two run by consultants? When you hear Harmeet, you hear Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell comes out from a business perspective. Harmeet's a lawyer. But they say there are too many consultants, and that's, at the end of the day, what really runs the RNC, ma'am. Yeah, I I disagree. I mean, we had 46 different RFPs for our paid voter contact, for our digital. I mean, we're looking at every consultant. um, And I think we do look at them after and say, what was your success rate? What was your product? And how does that go? But I'm always having competitive bid process in every aspect of the RNC. And obviously, there's a lot of mail that goes out and digital. And I think that's good. But let me go back to the candidate consultant. Uh, You know, Steve, uh, uh, the RNC, we're getting this false equivalency of being the coach, right? Well, I don't pick the players. The voters do, which, by the way, we want. One of my opponents is saying that the RNC should get involved in primaries. I disagree. The voters should pick who their candidate is. And we don't call the plays for the candidates. A lot of that's done by the consultants. How many consultants have you talked about this cycle uh, who, who controlled these races? Have you said this consultant was part of this race? This consultant did this in this race. They're nameless and blameless. They go make millions of dollars. They push candidates in some cases to put more money on TV because they get more money on the back end. And that's why when I brought this Future of the Party Advisory Committee together, we're putting together a template and a booklet for candidates to say, this is what I should be paying on my TV. This is what I should be paying on my SMS texting so that we're helping candidates know what the right rates are. But I'm never going to be so on part would, of the consultant <clears throat> class. Would you be open? Would, then you're open to actually we had you back to go through and talk about the consultants. Then yeah, maybe I think we should. I mean, listen, the, see, charge them too much. 
I think we okay. should. Listen, I, when you go in, I was with a candidate this cycle. They said, Rana, what should I be paying for SMS texting? I said, probably four cents per text. They said, my consultant's charging me 17 cents. That's ridiculous. A lot of these candidates become cash cows for the consultants, and the consultants know they can slink away into the darkness, and nobody knows their name, and nobody talks about them, and then they can say, oh, it was the RNC, or it was the state party, or it was the candidate. We have to start engaging our consultant class and making them accountable that go work for these Senate candidates and all across the country and make sure we're putting daylight on what they're asking these candidates to do. I had one candidate, and I'm not going to say who, but who was paying 18% of his TV buy to his consultant. Well, guess what? That consultant's saying, put everything on TV. Let's not do mail. Let's not do digital. Let's not do that because that's where I'm making my money. And I know this, Steve, because... I was the daughter of a candidate. When my mom ran for Senate, she was a single mom. She had, uh, you know, I'd watched her cut up all her credit cards. She had just divorced my dad, who was a Romney. And she ran for Senate. And we saw, I saw it firsthand. This isn't just something that I'm talking about. And I watched her say, we got to put money aside so that the consultants don't make me bankrupt when we come out of this race. Um, And those are things I think about all the time. How do we protect our candidates and how do we make sure that the consultants are being held accountable? And and holding accountable consultants at the RNC, what, how, what process are you going through that? Because that's a constant complaint you hear. I understand you're bidding at contracts, but the consultants actually run the place instead of uh, the committees and people on these committees. Yeah, you know, is, I, I, is, I disagree with that. Am I misled that. in that belief? Yeah, I disagree with okay. that. I mean. I will say this. There is a rigorous process to be a consultant for the RNC for, for security reasons. We're always being you know, attacked and, and there's cyber issues. They do have to carry insurance. They do have to have an ability to uh, ward off cyber attacks if they're going to be um, plugging into the RNC infrastructure. So those are things. But we have a vendor day, Steve. We open it to the state parties. We say, tell us your small vendors. Bring them in. We want to get to know all of them. Um, that bidding process is open. When I look at a mail vendor, the things I'm looking at is creative content, capacity, but we spread it out. We, I think we had 17 different mail vendors this cycle. I mean, this is something we have to spread out, but we want to make sure um, that we know uh, what their per- work product is. I have the salt list come to my house, so I see all the mail pieces because let me tell you, I get pretty ticked off if a mail piece comes after the election. That's a waste of money. So those are things you have to do um, as you're doing this. But yeah, we're going back. We're saying what mail pieces were effective, talk to the candidates, talk to the state parties, see what worked for their state, how they thought those consultants worked, and then we review that. We need to review that after every cycle. Is the, is the, tell me about Henry Barber, his role in this, because he's, he's, correct me if I'm wrong, he's a renowned never-Trumper, right, anti-Trumper. Is he in charge of what, the audit or the candidate audit? How does, because how I think he's a consultant also. Do you have, a, you have consultants like that actually in charge of these things and reviewing this? Henry's an RNC member from Mississippi, so we have four that are part of the after-action report. Harmeet is one, Henry, um, Kim Borchers from Kansas, and Jane Brady from Delaware, and they're running that process. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Henry is being a consultant, so, um, but, but he's a member of the RNC, and I don't think he's a Never Trumper either. But let's go. Henry's not a Never Trumper. Okay, let's. I don't think nine so. states. I, I think there's. The, there's there's a current there's a, a a current situation down in Florida at the executive committee level trying to have a vote I guess of no confidence. Nine states have already essentially voted that right, including as we talk on here, 
Florida, Ohio, Tennessee, Texas, and uh, we would say uh, Arizona are kind of the, the most MAGA of the states. Both Tennessee, Texas, and Arizona, among six others, have, have voted no confidence and that they either support Harmeet or they want a change of leadership. How does that, how does that set with you? You know, I think there's been a lot of misinformation put out from Harmeet's campaign, and it's intentional, right, Steve? So the members who know us best, I have the vast majority of support from the members. They've been with us, they've served with us for six years, uh, and we're talking to them, and they, they're grassroots too. Um, but Harmeet's saying, I'm going to put this grassroots pressure on them to come out and, and go to these members and say all these things about the RNC that just frankly aren't true. And, you know, as I talk to grassroots members and I get on these Zooms and I talk about the truth about the RNC, they go, oh, I didn't know that. So I think um, some of these are, are stemming from that. And again, the RNC members have shown great support for me. And we're going to continue to have listening tours. One of the thing I'm, things I'm going to do after this is go across the country and have a grassroots listening tour and talk to county chairs and talk about the RNC and make sure they know what we actually do and make sure we're hearing from them as well. Can, can we hold you through the break? I've got a few other sure. questions, but just one. You say Hermit's putting out false information. Could you give us a highlight reel of that? Oh, you know, I, I'm not going to go down to that level, but there's been a lot of false information out there. So she, you're saying that she's she's lying about? When we say false information, is she lying about you? I think there's been a lot of lies about me. Yes. And in the top one or two lies, uh, you know, about you would be what? Well, I think just the beginning of uh, that, the RNC picks the candidates and picks the plays. I mean, we don't do that. We're not doing the strategy. I think that's disingenuous. I think a lot of the stuff about the spending has been has been misinterpreted and put out intentionally in a dishonest way. But again, Steve, I'm focused on how do we bring people together and how do we get our party unified to win in 2024. And that's the campaign I'm running. So I'm not going to worry about those things. Um, that's that's the campaign that, that's being run on the other side. I'm focusing on how do we unite around what we need to defeat, which are the Democrats and Biden and the terrible disastrous policies coming from his administration. Uh, Ronna, just hang over a second. Take a short commercial hey, break. Ron McDaniel, this is very intense, personal, you can say, you can observe nasty, throw down, hard throw down on who's going to be the chair of the RNC and what's going to be the direction. Short commercial break. We'll be back in the world in just a moment. Friends, you have to be blind not to see what's going on around the world. We're facing worldwide chaos on a whole new level, and it could all hit home really quickly in the form of food shortages, not to mention sky-high prices for basic groceries. That's why so many people are stocking up on emergency food right now. This food stays fresh in long-term storage, so it's ready when you need it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company. And right now, they're knocking 200 bucks off their three-month emergency food kit. That's $200. Just go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com to get this kit. Your kit comes packed with delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. 
enough to feed one person for three solid months. Be sure to get one kit per person in your family so you don't run out. You'll save $200 per kit by going to preparewithbannon.com, preparewithbannon.com. My Patriot Supply wants to make it affordable for you to protect your family. So don't delay. You get free shipping also. Go to preparewithbannon.com, preparewithbannon.com, take action, do it today. Well, I, and again, I actually sometimes sports analogies don't fit tightly. I've got to say here it fits perfectly. You get two boxers in a ring. You find out really quickly who the champ is and who the pretender is. Mm. You get two people up on a debate stage and one starts sweating profusely. Like, you know immediately who the pretender is and who the champ is. And the champ goes in, mocks him for sweating, and then jabs, jabs, jabs. He sweats a little bit more. And then he just goes in for the kill. And Trump did that with 16 people in 2016. And again, I I haven't seen anybody that can get in his face. That's good enough to get in his face. I I had a good good friend of mine... uh, a Republican friend uh, that was at the uh, DeSantis inauguration. And he said, business leaders from across the country were flying in. They were lined up as far as you could see to just Mm -hmm. be in the presence of Ron DeSantis. I said, yeah. And a lot of those guys, they were doing the same thing with Jeb Bush in 2015. Mm. So we'll see. Maybe DeSantis can take a punch. My guess is... Just all of us talking right now. My guess is DeSantis says, wait a second, why do I go to the meat grinder that chewed up and spit out 16 Republicans politically? Why don't I let Trump run again? I'll serve out my term. I'll end up with, you know, 80 percent approval ratings among Republicans. And then in 26, I just opened my presidential campaign and I don't have to even take on Deal with this. Yeah. the champ. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's probably what he's thinking in Tallahassee, because I think he knows he <clears throat> does not want to cross Donald Trump on a debate stage. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Ronna McDaniel joins us. Welcome back. Uh, Ronna, there's an article, a piece in the <clears throat> Washington Post, the Jeff Bezos Amazon Washington Post, which I think <sighs> the rumor is now he's going to be downsizing. He doesn't like the economics of I it. I saw that That today, states yeah. that... that but here's the thing. They're saying that you're making a pitch to certain members of the RNC on the, on this vote to say, look, I'm the one that can control Trump. I'm the one that uh, can make yeah, sure Steve, he doesn't run I as mean, a third-party candidate. Let's just start there. Yes, ma'am. There is no way in any world or universe where I would ever say I can control Trump. And, Steve, you know that's true, and I know that's true. That's just factually, it's a lie. What I will say is... We do need to come out of this primary united. And we have a lot of candidates running saying, I'll never support Trump. And if you're going to get on this debate stage, you're, you're going to have to say, I'm going to support the nominee. Everybody's going to have to say that, that I'm going to support the eventual nominee. And I am absolutely saying that because we cannot have a rigorous debate process and come out with a nominee and have anyone say, I'm walking away Because what we are up against with Biden, and I was just at the border, Steve. I was just down in McAllen. I saw it. I was in Hidalgo County. What they are doing is criminal at our border. What they are doing with our schools is criminal. What they are doing with our debt. And if we fight each other, and I will say this, and if you look at my campaign, 
I am talking about unity. I am talking about how do we bring it together? And we cannot have such a vicious, divisive debate process that everybody doesn't agree to come behind the, the nominee. And we have a lot of people but, saying, I won't support Donald Trump. And those are the things I'm talking about we, on the debate been, stage. But, we but, have but, to but, come together. We've been, the Republican Party's been united before. These, and I think this gets to the heart of it about controlled opposition, about the corporate interests in the money. The, and I think this is what gets the grassroots. You're absolutely correct. You went to McAllen. You see the invasion of the southern border. Uh, we saw, but the party's been united after we won in 16. Uh, you know, Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, and they fought Trump at every step of the way on, on, on really going after China hard on trade. They really went after him and didn't ever approve the wall. Uh, the um, omnibus bill just passed $1.8 trillion that took the gavel out of the Republicans. The party has been united in the past. In fact, their victories were united. But the issue is, and it's the reason we have $30 trillion in debt and $9.5 trillion on the, at the Federal Reserve. The unity was unity about being controlled opposition. So these issues just didn't pop up here magically in the last 30 days. These issues have been building for decades and decades and yeah. decades, and particularly under the Bush administration. So when you say unity, what do you mean unity? Isn't, isn't it an angle of attack of what really going to be an alternative to the Democrats? And quite frankly, when you see what just happened in this last Congress at the end, you had 18 collaborationists led by Mitch McConnell. I mean, the reason we're in this situation is it hasn't been an alternative to the administration. Well, let me put state. it this way. Let's That's and, the and reason. You, you, you now, hang on. You now have weaponization. Yeah. You, hang on. You now have weaponization of, of government committees, all that. That was all brought on by the, by the heroic 20 that, that stood there against all opposition from everybody to sit there and fight. And now at least we have an angle of attack to take on this, including the debt ceiling, which is going to be a, a, a massive undertaking. And for, for, for decades, the Republican Party has been united, but it's been united about, around being a soft version of the Democratic Party, ma'am. Well, first of all, I don't think you're going to get the nomination for president of our party unless you're a bold leader and you're going to have to go and talk about these issues. I think this is what the voters are going to determine, but that's going to be up to the voters. And the RNC has to create a vehicle to have a, a fair, transparent, uh, well-run primary and debate process. But I, what I will say to the unity thing, Steve, is you know you have Carrie Lake on your show all the time, but coming out of her gubernatorial debate, gubernatorial race, her opponent wouldn't endorse her. Uh, you had a, a Republican mayor in Mesa say, I'm not going to support her. You had the former state party chair in Arizona start a pack against her. And guess what? We didn't win that governorship. So, And it's mainly because of Republican on Republican infighting. So if and in Georgia, we had similar situations. We were knocking doors of high propensity Republican voters who were saying, I'm not voting for Herschel uh, for a variety of different reasons. If we are fighting each other so much that we lose sight of what we're up against, then we won't win. But, okay, but this and is And so that's okay, what I say. You the have, reason, and so we're going to have to come but, off but that the Republicans debate that oppose, the, the Republicans that oppose Carrie Lake in Arizona are a perfect example. They're much closer to the Democrats. They believe well, in the Democrats. They that. believe in the open borders. I'm not saying I but agree with my that. My point is I mean, you listen. can't. They're, they're, they're not. If you, if you had an effort, if there was an effort to build this into truly a working class, middle class party, but the, Steve, the votes wish, are out there. There's just but not attention. Think they would have, There's but just they, not attention. And by, the, by the way, still, still kowtowing to the moneyed interest is what's got us in this place. But you and want until all those that's votes. a mindset. And now, yeah. 
you got to get all I the votes. votes. You got to get everybody. You want Republican and you, Democrat. You, and, and we can't be so vitriolic with each other that Republicans say, I'd rather stay home. And you also have to support the nominee. And so that's what I'm saying with this debate process. We all have to agree. And I think all of us that we're going to support who the voters choose, who they choose through a but rigorous primary the, process to, to support that nominee. When you say a rigorous primary process, I just want to – the Keebler elves, the, having 15 or 16 people on stage that, that can never break 1% or 2%, are you going to keep this that it's – President Trump is the, one, uh, is the one announced candidate. Is there any doubt in your mind in a Republican primary that he will win, uh, he will win in 20, 20, the primary in 2024 and win the presidency in 2024? Is there any doubt in your mind about that right the now? The RNC has to stay neutral on that. And Harmeet, that's the one thing Harmeet and I do agree on. You just have to. We can't. You, we can't talk about that. But what I will say is you got to go win Iowa, and then you got to go win New Hampshire, then you got to go win South Carolina, and then you got to go win or Nevada and then South Carolina, and then the rest of the map is going to play out. Do you do you believe that President Trump won in 2020 and was stolen and rightfully since he got 74 million votes that he is the rightful nominee and we got to take another shot at this or we've lost everything every purpose as a party? Listen, I've been I mean listen I've testified on January 6th. I think there were all types of problems in 2020. And we all saw this. I mean if you look at Pennsylvania, right? So 2016 the total mail-in vote in Pennsylvania was what 260,000. In 2020, it was 2.6 million. So there were all types of problems. The reality is, Steve, if you're figuring it out after the fact, that's a problem. You got to figure it out before, and that's why I've invested in election integrity and litigation. We just uh, announced a new lawsuit in Washington State where they're getting rid of signature match. They're trying to get rid of that. We have to fight for voter ID laws. We have to be out there fighting every single day. We were in 84 lawsuits this election cycle. It's the first time in the history of the RNC that we've been able to do election integrity. And we had 80,000 poll work, workers and poll watchers. Is, and we're going to need that and then some the for reason, 2024. Yeah. Is the reason that we weren't on top of this in 2020 was the consent decree? Is that the reason? Yeah, the RNC Because you just made the case we, we can't do it. We couldn't you, do it because so we were So all the election integrity stuff that could have been. Yeah, it could have been done the consent decree state. limited us to do what? No, I'll tell you, the state party chairs could do it, Steve. The RNC couldn't. So when I was state party chair of Michigan in 2016, I had poll watchers. I trained them. We did. We had a robust process. We obviously did that. So state party chairs could do it. Candidates could do it. Yeah. The Trump campaign could do it. The RNC was the only one that couldn't because of the consent decree. And I'll give you an example. Wisconsin is a state where poll, you can you can actually elect poll workers. It's not just uh, you go and apply to be a poll worker. They're they're actually an elected position. So in 2021, we had to get those poll workers on the ballot, recruit them to run, and we elected 5,000 in Wisconsin. 465 of them were just in Milwaukee County, right? So when Ron Johnson wins in Wisconsin this cycle, it's I think it's in large part because of the poll watching and poll worker efforts that the RNC put forward. But remember, all the blame game people, the RNC couldn't do it until this cycle because of a 40-year consent decree that only went away when the judge died. I, I know you're pressed for time. Could you hang through just another commercial break? We sure. have a couple other uh, questions on the other side. Uh, Ronna McDaniel joins us. We're going to have Mike Lindell up, uh, uh, the Attorney General of West Virginia. Brother Morrissey is going to join us. Also, we're going to go back to the March for Life. Hang on. we got a lot more in store. We're going to return with the chairman of the RNC in this very tough personal and nasty uh, race for the chairmanship of the RNC. Ronald McDaniel joins us on the other side.
Listen to this convicted home title thief explaining what happens when he forges your home's title and takes over as the new owner. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh no, I have title insurance. It's in my name or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. You're living in a delusion. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it or sold the property, it's 60 to 90 days for that person to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You start getting foreclosure notices. You've got four mortgages on your house. You don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Home title fraud is growing two and a half times faster than credit card fraud. You could be a victim and not even know it. Here's how to protect yourself and verify your home's title is still in your name. Visit HomeTitleLock.com promo code radio. Then register your address for your no obligation home title report. A hundred dollar value you get for free. Again, get your free home title report at HomeTitleLock.com, promo code radio. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bath. Welcome back. Arana McDaniel is with us. Arana, the, um, you talk about unity. Uh, I've got uh, letters from two, I think you would admit, two of the uh, uh, most gracious, uh, smart people with discernment. That would be uh, Bernie Marcus and Dick Uline saying that, hey, you've done a good job, but it's time to, time to move on. you got the grassroots, and I tell you, the grassroots, at least from the War Room audience and our expanded audience, is united in that you got to go. Um, you've got Tucker Carlson, Mark Levin, Ben Shapiro, Charlie Kirk. you got a, you got a huge range of uh, people that are not united on a lot of topics the same way. Is this a Pyrrhic victory? Is this, is this the hardest thing you fought for is to stay as RNC chair and at the end of the day it will be a Pyrrhic victory? If you do squeak out a win or you do win, that in the process the apparatus of the RNC will be damaged? Because people, I, I can tell you, just my sense and trying to be fair here, these people are not, if they, they believe they're going to win, but if they don't win, they're not going to let it go after that. They're going to be a com- continual assault on the apparatus of the RNC to make fundamental change. Ma'am, your thoughts on that? So, well, first of all, I think that's a shame. If you're running, you should say, we're going to come together around whoever wins and and work with them. So uh, that's certainly what I would pledge. I'm going to win. I feel strongly about that. Of course, I have people like Kellyanne Conway and Dave Bossie and Reince Priebus, who was a former chair. uh, And I put out a letter of 150 major donors who are supporting the RNC, including Liz Uline, who's Dick's wife, um, who is a, a big supporter of mine as well. Um, listen, it's going to have to be bringing people together, and I, I'm going to work with Harmeet and Mike, and how do we bring everyone together? Because what unites us is far more important than what divides us. And when we are heading into a 2024 cycle, and I'll, I'll say this, Steve, I think it's hard to come in as a new chair and ramp up and have the voter registration, the election integrity, the community center outreach, the fundraising, have that ready to go. It's going to be at least a year ramp up, and I just don't think we can take our foot off the gas. So. Here's what I'm saying. I'm, I want more transparency. Let's look at the vendor contracts. Let's do all those things. Let's make sure we're looking at how we can be innovative and, and aggressive and find new ways to reach out to young voters and use all the mechanics of ballot harvesting and early voting. 
But we also have to remember we're in the presidential race right now. And if we're fighting each other and if we lose this critical time, we're not going to be successful. And I'll say one other thing, Steve. I've run a state party before. Let me tell you what was harder, running Michigan and going around and saying Donald Trump's going to win Michigan when nobody believed me. The RNC wasn't as, as in in Michigan, which I don't blame them because we weren't necessarily a battleground state. My major donors didn't believe me in the state. And I was this woman from Michigan, you've heard Trump say it, that said, you can win our state that hadn't been won in 30 years. So that was a much harder fight. This is not going to be a Pyrrhic victory. This is going to be, how do we bring everybody together to win in 2024? And if people don't want to work together and they walk away, uh, that's going to be a shame. But I'm committed to doing that with Mike, Harmeet, with everybody. How do we come together to win in 2024? And I'll, one final thing. This election, the RNC invested in voter registration at the highest level ever. And we had uh, huge waves in Florida, North Carolina, Iowa, uh, and, and states where we invested. We also saw in states like Arizona, even Maricopa County, we had an 80% of the voters in Maricopa County voted before election day. So we did invest in paid voter turnout before election day. It was up from 2018. So some of these things that you're hearing and some of this miscommunication and, and the misinformation, please everybody keep an open mind. I'm not bribing RNC members. I'm not giving people plum assignments. I am sitting here saying, I care about our country. I'm a conservative platform Republican. The RNC, based on the turnout this cycle, we would have won the Electoral College. And that is something we need to replicate to win the White House in 2024. And I'm going to work with everybody, Harmeet, Mike, everybody. How do we come together to win this and make the RNC as strong as it can possibly be? Justin, in, in, in Arizona, because Carrie Lake, I think, is one of the most magnificent candidates we've had. And there's no doubt when you look at the math, she won. When Robeson and those people would not, you talk about coming together and, you know, coming together, you have to work. And, you know, you, you, if you lose, you're going to come together and the people should come together if, if, if you win. Was there any, did you have a conversation with Robeson? Did you ever tell Robeson and these people the exact speech? You just gave a great pitch there on that topic. Did you give Robeson and say, well, you've I certainly got to talked come to Doug Ducey. I, I certainly did. Listen, Karen was upset that we didn't get involved in the primary, for sure. But I definitely talked to Doug Ducey. I actually asked Doug to work with Kelly Ward. I went into the state. I called him after the election. Uh, he committed that the RGA would put money in. I was actually asked to do that by. Um, Tyler Boyer. You know, the RGA didn't go through the state party. They went through Yuma County. Um, that's always a problem when you're going through a county party. It, it always makes it less effective. I think Carrie Lake's PAC went through Yuma County as well. So um, this degradation and this infighting of our party is not a, a good going forward. But um, I would ask, you know, state party chairs, talk to your candidates, sign a unity pledge before the process starts. I think it's why the RNC is important but, that we stay neutral in the and central, primary. In this, when, we talk, when, when you talk about this in the presidential primary, I just want to say it, you, it's a fact. You didn't call Karen Robeson and you didn't tell her, not ask her, you didn't tell her you've got to get on board here. If you're well, going to run as a Republican, you can't just take your ball away. Well, Quite I frankly, you, I mean, those let, people Steve, support those people. Those people I, support I would ask those the state people. Party chair of that state, did you do that? Because I certainly did it when I was Michigan chair. But I didn't call every candidate across the country and say, "Are you going to do do that?" I'll do that going forward, sure. But we're going to do it at the presidential. But I wasn't the state party chair for that state, so I would ask that. Um, and and certainly, I went into the governor and said, "How do we bring this together?" Okay, uh, how do people follow you? Social media, because this is going to get heated up next week. By the way, are you open to be in this debate that Harmeet and, uh, and you know, Mike Lindell have You know, this is such a ridiculous fake. This is another fake news lie. 
This person put out a debate. John Frederick says, oh, we're going to do a debate. And he does, I have to conduct business at the RNC. I've got meetings all day. And he says, here's this time, and she's not doing it. They never asked me. They never cleared it with my schedule. So this is part of the misinformation, folks. Just pay attention. You know, all if, the, the, if, that if, was if, never, if they, ever if they, asked if, to be part of that debate. And I if, can't. If, if people, if Real America Voice comes to you and says, hey, give us an hour on your schedule that's free no matter the time of day, would you be open to that? In, in, in California? No, we're going to have a forum there. And we're, this is gone. I've been on your show. We're going to have a, a forum and a process there in front of the members. But it, don't throw a debate on me at the last minute and say, oh, now she can't do it when it's already in a pre-scheduled meeting that I'm running. I mean, we're going from 7 in the morning till 11 at night every night that we're in Dana Point. So that's, that, that's what our schedule is going to be, and it's booked. And I'm conducting. Okay, and so how do, how, do people, how do people get to you on social media, how do they follow you? Yeah, well, I have a website now, so it's ranaforchair.com, and then also um, Twitter's uh, at GOP Chairwoman, and, and I'm on Facebook as well. Rana McDaniel, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Okay, let's get in. We're going to get to West Virginia in a minute, but I got Mike Lindell. Mm-hmm. Mike Lindell, uh, Mike Lindell, will you be on a debate? Are you open to be any time, day or night, to be on a debate next week in uh, California? Yeah, yeah, Steve. Can I? Can I just? Uh, I just took notes there on. I, this would be a little debate right now. I got it. Can I do a one-minute read here of notes I took? You, you, you can do anything you want, Mike. Just take it. <laughs> well, you know, Rana, it's almost like Rana watched my video I did for all the members this last week and put it out to all the 168 of what I plan on doing being the RNC chair. Uh, she said in your show here, she said um, she's going to look into mailer prices and, and uh, emails and, and uh, look into vendor contracts. She also said she um, that she's going to do a grassroots tour. Um, she's going to do that, okay? And then she said she's going to fix fundraising costs, that they're too high. She said that she's um, um, gonna, she's going to go out and do, um, 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 you know, meet with these people. Uh, when, when you come down to the, you know, candidates like Carrie Lake, now you're going to actually go meet with the right people. Steve, all the things she's saying, it's too little too late. That ship sailed. You should have thought about that after 18, after 20, and after 22. And uh, these are all the things I've already been doing. I've been dealing with the grassroots for two years. We're tired of it. We want our voices heard. Hang on. Give me your central, because we took time with her. We let her, you know, we asked her questions, let her answer. Uh, I'm not supposed to be an interrogator. Right, we're trying to be, be as even-handed as possible. I understand that upsets. I understand that upsets certain members of our audience now and again. But um, what's your central beef? Just, just make your case. You heard her. Make your case. Cent- why Mike Lindell and why Mike Lindell now? They, she just reiterated right towards the end there when you hit her with the the Carrie Lake being one of the greatest candidates this country's ever seen. And she went and talked to Doug Ducey. Doug Ducey is uh, is on the other side. I mean, Doug Ducey, Brad Rassenberger, Robin Voss. These people shouldn't even be talked to. These uh, we they already we already know they're con- that they're on the they're Democrats basically. Um, but what she did there, you brought it up. Why didn't they get behind Carrie Lake? She's, you know, everything she wanted down there, and they didn't help. And this is still going on, Steve. 
I'm the one, we're the ones that have appealed her case to be governor. We're not giving up. Yes, she is the rightful governor of Arizona. If you don't fix the election platforms, it's over. We have been doing this for two years now. We have over two, she says, well, we're, we can finally get involved in election integrity. You collected $80 million in 2020 at the end of 2020 saying that's exactly what you're going to do. And you never spent it on that. So all the things within the RNC, you can streamline costs. I do that all day long as a CEO. I'll fix all that right away. But one of the things I'm two years ahead of her and, and Harmeet is uh, I've been working with the grassroots. We've been working to fix this country's election platform, Steve. This is what has to be done, and we're well on our way. And we need the RNC to get behind these things that are going to get the, the candidates out there. I'll be able to look. I'm going to bring trust back to the— to the RNC, Steve, to look at okay, donor in the eye and say, put money here is, and it's not. Yeah, but this is this is central point. Unity is a, is a false is a is a false narrative because Robeson didn't support her because Robeson does not believe in what uh, Carrie Lake and Carrie Lake's people believe that support her. You've got to expand that base out of working class and middle class people that are out there. You just got to take yes. the message to them. Robeson represents the business and real estate interests of Arizona. So does Doug Ducey. They're not going to support you. Doug Ducey never endorsed it, I don't think. They, no, they don't it, stand it, for what fact, we stand laughed, for. This he, is this thing of unity is, unity is, a, is a false, is a, is a, is a, is a mirage. Because yep. it's the coalition is under the, in the Cold War under Reagan, you could do it. It doesn't exist today because you have a populist nationalist, America first, that That's is right. Trump and the Trump movement, that is just diametrically opposed. So, Mike Lindell, how do you, why would your victory at the RNC be anything but a total disaster then? Sir. No, it'd be the biggest uniting of the RNC ever. We are what's not united. You brought it up, and, her, and uh, Ronna never answered the question. You brought up your Charlie Kirks and everyone else out there that has a problem with the current leadership at the RNC. Steve, these are all the grassroots. These are the people of this country. The people, if you did a poll, Ronna's getting 1%. Not even some of them in the negative, or I mean less than 1%. I mean, this is what we are. You, we have to unite now from the bottom up, just like what they tried to do in South Dakota, where they were going to take away the voice sound we finally have at the precinct committeeman level. And, and thank, thank the Lord that we got involved and we got that, so it was stopped. But this is the uniting. I will unite this party yeah. like never before because you're starting from the bottom up. And you know what? You guys at the top, you better come on board. Or you know what? We're gonna, you're outnumbered. Yeah. This is it. You know, we have to come together. But it's, it's in a different way. You need a different input to get a different output, Steve. It's five failures in a row. We, this is a critical time I, in I our want, country's history. Yeah. I want to track Harmeet and the others and you down. I get a bounce now. What's the social media? How do people find out about this specifically? You running, not your other stuff, you running for RNC chair. Where do they go? Uh, you can go to uh, Mike RNC, what is it, dot com, right? Mike RNC dot com. You can check it out there. It's a video I did for the thing. You can go to Getter. You can go to True Social. You can go to, um, I'm on every social media platform, but you can go to Frank Whoa. Speech. Get there. Okay, brother. See you this afternoon. We'll track you down this afternoon. Mike, thank you. Carbon timeout. We're going to West Virginia next. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers services with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, 
you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That is PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call 878-PATRIOT. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna finish at the at the March for Life movie. We're gonna do coverage all day long with America's Voice. I've got to go to West Virginia though. Attorney General Morrissey. Sir, two things: Mansion and, and Davos. And quite frankly, the other I don't get. West by God, Virginia is Trump country, and I don't understand how you have a senator there that is voting as these collaboration is voting for Mitch McConnell all the time, uh, voting to, to just give unlimited amount of money to Joe Biden and all these disastrous programs he has. So, Attorney General Morrissey, you've done such an amazing job on fentanyl, opioids, all of it. I got to ask you, what is the problem with the Senate representation in West Virginia? It should be two hardcore Trump folks. What's going on, sir? Look, we need to have uh, all of our federal representatives moving in the same direction. We know that it is a very uh, big Trump state. I think the America First agenda is alive and well here in West Virginia. But I think the broader point is you have a number of us that are fighting to dismantle the administrative state. You guys know what I did, West Virginia VPA. The team approached, we used 23 states, biggest win against the swamp in decades. And then you see the Inflation Reduction Act, you see the omnibus bill, you see all these bills move in the opposite direction. There is a way to take on the swamp and win, but to do so, you have to be rock-ribbed in these red states. We know that every state is not West Virginia. There's some purple states where folks might struggle to get some of the votes. But in West Virginia, we can elect strong conservatives to public office, and I think you're going to see more of that in 24 and beyond. So how does that happen? By the way, the, the, the your lawsuit, I, I said this at the time with uh, Mike Davis, who was a clerk for Gorsuch, and, and we're doing the March for Life wall-to-wall. I think in history, when they look back, your victory at the Supreme Court will be the bigger case than even the right to life uh, because you took it to the heart of the administrative state. And this right. is the Leviathan that we got to take apart. That's what this whole debt ceiling focus of things about this is what the this is what the the weaponization of government's all about it all comes off you one so how do you how does west virginia have joe manchin joe manchin's over there he's saying a few things about uh, to the europeans but he's behind the scenes he's a globalist he's behind the scenes there cutting his new deals how does how does west virginia have guys like manchin and the republican who i won't mention who's a collaborationist sir look uh, when i saw manchin overseas i said he's not representing west virginia values and we need to make sure that there are people that are standing up for conservative principles. I know that 
when I see Joe Manchin talking about one of the problems we have is First Amendment free speech, I, you know, I roll my eyes and think, what the heck's going on? Just a year ago, we were all trying to root for him because we thought that at least among the Democrats, you know, he wasn't Bernie, he wasn't Elizabeth Warren, but he's not voting in West Virginia interest. I want to make sure we have a group of people uh, doing that. Remember, the key thing is this is a long-term process to dismantle the administrative state, which has grown to epic proportions. And I think West Virginia VPA takes a big bite out of it because it prevents the bureaucrats from reinventing statutory language to allow them to unilaterally grow without Congress approval. That's significant. And I think if Congress focuses on that, we can actually use West Virginia VPA as kind of the cornerstone to reduce the size and scope of government. Let me also say, though, the Dobbs case was huge. <laughs> we have to protect innocent life. And I commend uh, the Mississippi Attorney General for all the work she did. We helped her a lot in that. But I do have a lot of pride for West Virginia VPA. It's a huge Uh-oh. case. And we're going to be building on that, uh, whatever position case. I'm in, in the next few years. Oh, no. Dobbs, what happened? And I tell people, when you move on something, watch Morrissey because he's a serious guy. Last thing, we only got a couple, about a minute and a half. I got to ask you about your move to make uh, fentanyl a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. Walk us to take a minute and give us the, give us that, sir. Absolutely. So, uh, Steve, you know that between the ages of 18 and 46, number one cause of death is fentanyl. And you also know that West Virginia has been the epicenter of the opioid crisis and also of the fentanyl problem. And when I go after border issues, that best manifests itself through the volume of fentanyl that's flooding up through the border, into the heartlands, up to West Virginia. So I've been pushing back with a lot of my uh, AG colleagues and saying, look, the feds need to do a lot more in three key areas. One, Garland needs to prosecute a heck of a lot more, and he's not doing it. That's number one. Two, we need to get Secretary of State Blinken uh, off his butt. We need to have him engage with China and Mexico, because a lot of this is avoidable. If you go back to April of 2019, the Trump administration was engaging China to push back on the illicit fentanyl coming into the U.S. Then the administration changes. We got nothing, not a zip. And then, of course, finally, I think we need to denote that fentanyl is so dangerous, it should be a weapon of mass destruction. That gets the resources and the attention it deserves. And I would go further. If we had more time, I could talk about some of the work that the AGs are doing, looking at the financial ties that these drug cartels have here in the U.S. It's insidious. It needs to stop. And we need people that are willing to speak out about it and do something about it. We're going to have you back on. Attorney General Pat Morrissey, how do people get to you? Social media, website, how do people find out more about you, sir? People should go to teammorrissey.com, two R's, one S. And I will just note, Steve, that uh, I'm very seriously looking at a run in 2024 for uh, governor or for Senate. You know that we barely lost last time as the swamp invaded with so much money. Here's the good news. We're going to be much better prepared. You learn lessons from past battles. We've done incredible work in the AG's office in recent years. If you like what you hear, go to teammorrissey.com because there probably won't be another candidate with a record of conservative accomplishment that runs this year for higher office. I ask you to take a look, and we can do some great things together. Attorney General Morrissey, thank you. We're going to get everybody in the posse. Go take a look right now. Thank you, sir. Thank you.
West by God, Virginia. Let's go to Mo Bannon. You're going to be up on Getter today, a real American voice. Tell people uh, where to get you for your coverage. You're going to be back up here at 5 o'clock with us. Tell us where to go. They can follow me on Getter at Maureen underscore Bannon, and I will be going live throughout the march. Right now we're about to start the the rally before the March for Life and then the March for Life and then Father Pavone and Priest for Life will be doing the silent no more where you will have women and families that have been affected by abortion speaking out on the steps of the Supreme Court. But there are so many people here from across the country. Morale is high. People are here to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. Fantastic. Uh, We're going to be coming into, I'll be joining you on Getter. Also, Real America's Voice, Charlie Kirk's up. Wall-to-wall coverage from the War Room back at 5 o'clock. We're going to have some of the people leading this march. Mo Banner will be with us. Also, Charlie Kirk next. Charlie Kirk show, Real America's Voice. Stick there. Get to Mo on Getter. I'll be up on Getter also. See you back here. See you on Getter. And see you back here at 5 o'clock. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency.